Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood, and I am your host, Don Scott Damon. I'm glad that you've joined me tonight. Hey, tonight we are going to join a live session where I was teaching on shedding your false identity, knowing who you are in Christ. You know, the truest thing about you is not what people say about you, what your parents said about you, not what the world says about you or labels say about you, not even what you say about you. The truest thing about you is what God says. And, you know, if you look in his word, you'll find that God says you are beautiful and you are loved and you're his prized possession, the apple of his eye. You are perfect and you're holy and you're radiant. You're beautiful and God loves you. You're forgivable and lovable, redeemable. You're usable in the kingdom. He can use your gifts because he gave them to you. He wired you and created you. And you're not lacking any good thing because God's people are equipped in advance with everything that they need. That's what God's word says about us. And I think it's time for us to stand on that and claim that and receive that. No more looking down. No more being embarrassed. No more being ashamed. We're going to embarrass our embarrassment and shame our shame and tell it to get away from us because we are God's daughter. So I hope that you'll enjoy this podcast and this live conference that we were teaching at, the Freedom Girl Sisterhood Conference, and we're going to have another one next spring. You can stay tuned and you'll hear details about that. But first, this is Dawn Scott Damon, your host. Visit me at the Freedom Girl Sisterhood, freedomgirlsisterhood.com or DawnScottDamon.com. I'll look forward to hearing from you. And now sit back and enjoy. Take notes as we listen to the conference, Shedding False Identities. Amen. I couldn't help but sense in my heart as we were worshiping and we were saying, great is your faithfulness, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness that some of you were picturing some things in your life, some mountains, some giants, some struggles. And if you'll see that struggle in your mind right now and then see your confession, great is your faithfulness. Great is your, yeah, but, no, great is your faithfulness. How many know God's going to be faithful to you no matter what you walk through? God will be faithful. And he is glorified above all problems, all situations, all circumstances. God be glorified. Amen. Whoo, praise the Lord. Is anybody's makeup messed up yet? Is it hot in here? Can I get an amen from all the menopausal women? <coughs> amen. I love the patch. But sometimes it's just not enough. Whew, like right now. My husband said to me this morning, he said, you'll want to have your hair under control. I looked at him, and now we've been married almost two years. We haven't had a fight. But I thought, well, this might be the first. I said, oh, under control? Like, not like it's always under control? And he goes, well, I just mean, you know, you're going to be dancing and being crazy. And I said... We're not going to be crazy. I need a hair clip. <laughs> My hair is not under control. 
so first of all, what truth is he talking about? Two truths. First of all, you have to know who you are in Christ to be free. You have to know it. I mean, you really have to know and get it deep inside of you because every message in this world will tell you something other than the truth about who you are. Every message will tell you that you're not fit enough, you're not thin enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not educated enough, you're not talented enough, you don't have enough gifts, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too round. Somebody's going to tell you to get in shape. Round is a shape. Come on. You're too white, you're too dark, got too many freckles, you're too pale. There's all kinds of messages out there, but you have to know who you are. And so that's the session we're going to do this morning. We're going to begin to lay that foundation for the truth to set you free because a lot of the attack that comes against against us has to do with this issue of identity. And the next thing is that we have to know who God is. There are so many misconceptions about who God is. God is an ogre. He's a mean uh, old man up in heaven with a yardstick ready to crack you if you do something wrong. He's a God from a distance. Right? He's a vapor. He's a dove. He's a whatever. No, you need to know who God is. The Trinity. Who God the Father is, who God the Son is, and who God the Holy Spirit is. Come on, give praise. A few weeks ago, I was at a writer's conference, which was a wonderful writer's conference. Does any of you ever feel stirred to become a writer? The Breathe Christian Writers Conference is a wonderful conference. And I was there, and the speaker was talking about some of the trials that she's been going through, and they, they were just incredible. I mean, it was like jaw-dropping where you just want to go, how are you even on two legs still walking? But by the grace of God, we know that. But she talked about how her husband called her up in the afternoon and he said, I think something's wrong and I might not have all the details clear, but what I do know is by the end of the day, I believe he was in intensive care with a very rare nerve disease that within a matter of time took him completely um, and paralyzed him to the point where his eyes wouldn't dilate or blink. Everything was paralyzed. He couldn't move anything, but he was fully capable inside. He was not. He was awake. He knew who he was. I think maybe there was a season of coma or whatever, but, but he knew. And they call it locked-in syndrome, where the real person is locked inside, but they can't get out. It's a very excruciating thing, and I believe that finally after months or weeks, he came out of it, and he's uh, in assisted living now. But I thought about that. How many of you are experiencing locked-in syndrome. The real you is somewhere inside, and they just can't get out. Like the image that you have, the person that you are, that you're living, isn't really what's going on inside of you. Or conversely, how many of you say, I'm acting happy and I'm doing the right things, but inside there's a lot of pain. And there's a very fearful person, a very broken person. Ropes from the enemy, bondage, t- 
tying us up, this issue of identity. There is a second person inside of you, and if that person is full and free and wants to get out, she needs to come out. And if she's broken and wounded, she needs to come out. But we need to integrate the inner woman with the image. Amen? So who are you? Well, we know, first of all, by creation, you've been made by God. You have value in you, just intrinsically. It's been put in you by God. He tattooed his name on you. Do you remember back in the days when we were all collecting the Boyd Bears? Anybody collect a little? We get stupid fetishes, and so then, you know, four years later, it's all in a garage sale, but... You buy the little figurine, but you knew it was an authentic one as you turned it and looked for it. And somewhere on that little figurine, there was the logo of the little bear paw pressed into it, like fused into it. Well, God fused his image into you, into your creation. It's part of you. And if you'll flip yourself over, somewhere on you is the brand of God. His thumbprint is tattooed in you. Has anybody ever seen the antique road show? I love that show because the thing that I really love about it is that they find some kind of junk up in the attic or something that they think is some kind of useless whatever. They're not too sure. And they bring it in. And I like it, waiting. And, 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 and the guy goes, you know, when you came in, I, I, it, I went, oh, because I saw the thing that you had in your hand. And I need to tell you that this thing is worth like $10,000. like, this old thing that Grandma made? Shazam! <laughs> okay, so when you walked in the door, God went, there she is. Because of the value that's in you. Because of who God created you to be. And his purpose and his plan and what he put inside of you. So I want to give you a few things this morning as we begin to set the table. Now, as you're sitting here, some of you say, I know this. Mm -hmm. I know you know it. What did you say to yourself when you looked in the mirror this morning? How well do you know it? When that one hair just would not do what it was supposed to do. So first of all, I want to remind you that you are made in God's image, as I've been saying, Ephesians 2.10. You are his workmanship. Ecclesiastes 3.10 says God makes everything beautiful. How many know God does everything well? Everything he created is glorious. Do you look at the sunrise? Do you look at nature? Do you look at mountains? Do you look at everything and go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, this is so amazingly beautiful, and it never gets old. It is always beautiful. It's just like what my husband was saying to me this morning. Oh. I saw him back there, and I got all discombobulated. Everything is beautiful. God made you. If he makes everything else beautiful, what did he do with you, his crowning creation? You are glorious. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. God respects you. Others may not, but God does. He loves you and he respects you and he's in awe of you and you never get old. When he sees you coming into his presence, God rejoices about who you are. In the fall of the garden of Adam and Eve, we lost two things. We lost relationship and we lost 
rulership. Relationship, we had this barrier between us and God. We couldn't get to God anymore. And Jesus Christ came and he bridged that that gap so that now we have forgiveness. We are righteous. We are standing with robes of righteousness on. We have been brought back into communion with God. We can go into the holy place and we can praise him and we can pray to him. The other thing that we lost is rulership, and that is the thing that we haven't been taught to take back. We lost two things in our dominion. We were told to take dominion over this earth. We lost our authority, taking dominion over by authority in the name of Jesus, and we lost our authority or our dominion over our identity. It is time to take dominion back over your identity. Who holds your identity? In your life and in your reality, who's got control of your identity? When you look in the mirror, when you think about your life, when you assess your accomplishments, who's got dominion over your identity? Do you think negative thoughts? Do you think hopeless thoughts? Do you think fearful thoughts? Or do you think God's kind of thoughts? You say, that is redeemed. My life is redeemed. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am all things that God created me to be, and Satan will not steal any more from me. Come on, somebody. It's time to take dominion over what the enemy stole from you when it comes to your identity. No more labels. Picture the labels right now that have been spoken over you for years. What are those labels? Right now, we strip them down in the name of Jesus. No more labels. That's not who you are. You are who God says you are. You are worthy. You are capable. You are forgivable. You are talented. You are gifted. You are adequate. You are God's daughter. You are enough. And it wasn't your fault. And even if something in your life was your fault, you're forgiven. And it's over. And you walk out of that chain. And you walk into freedom. Don't regret the past. Regret doesn't do anything for you but suck your energy. The energy you need to be an overcomer. You've got to let it go. You're made in his image. Many of you have heard me tell the story. I'll, I'm going to tell it again because I just think it's so powerful. Um, several years ago, I was going to a place where I just like to sneak off so that I could get refreshed, much like what we're providing for you today, a place where you could go, where you could just be crazy and soak up the anointing. And I will tell you, by the way, um, we've had many words of knowledge and stuff that there is a cloud and a presence and a hovering over this, and I promise you that you are sitting in an incubator of God's presence and his anointing. I, I, he is, he's doing a work. He's doing a work. And I think he's turning up some roots right now and some old lies that rooted in you. And that's what he was doing for me many years ago as I was sitting in this thing and the beautiful music and worship and everybody was singing and there was a guest speaker there and he, um, all of a sudden he stood to his feet and when I looked at him, he was a very big man and he was um, kind of what I would think about Paul Bunyan to look like, you know, that American folk. He had uh, suspenders on and jeans and mountain boots and a plaid shirt 
And he started doing the line. I'm thinking, no, dude, don't, don't, don't. No, he didn't. No, he did. Yes, he did. He started singing. And he goes, I am who he says I am. I am. I'm like, thank you. I am who he says I am. I am. I'm like, well, that is it. It's very special. I am who he says I am. I am. And everybody's doing the same thing. Like, <coughs> he sat down. That was the end of that. <clears throat> Beautiful weekend. So on my trek home the next day, my little three-hour drive, I'm I'm like, what, what am I singing? I am who he says I am. I am like, oh, no. I'm singing Paul Bunyan's song. And it started to get on the inside of me. Like it started to make sense. Like, I am who he says I am. You mean I'm not who... They said I was. I'm not who you said I was. I'm not even who I say I am. Because I'm the worst critic of me. I scold myself. I shame myself. I discipline myself. I criticize myself. I badger myself. I reject myself. I call myself names. I'm hard on myself. I give no grace. I would give grace to you nine days a week. But for me, one mistake, cut off. I am. He says I am. I am. And I started making up verses. I can do what he says I can. I can. Because I am who he says I am. I thought, there should be a song like that. There should be some kind of music that I could sing to that would talk about me being who he says I am. So turn it up. I am who he says I am. I am. Come on, turn it way up. I am who he says I am. I am. Sing it again right now. I am. I am. Turn it up a little bit.
prayer this morning. I want you to say it so your neighbor can hear it. I want you to say it so the devil can hear it. Ready? Here we go. I'm free. I'm new. I'm whole. Redeemed. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm loved. I'm whole. I'm thin. I'm smart. I'm chosen. His daughter. I am who he says. I am. I am. I am. He says I am. I am. I am. He says I am. I am. I can do. I can do. What he says I can do. I can. Because I am. Okay, good. We're doing good. We're doing good. Are you hanging in there all, all right? So you are who God says you are. That's the truest thing about you. You have been made in his image. The other thing I want you to know is that you have a new identity. Now, you, you need to understand what this means, to have a new identity. I might step on some religious toes here, but it's okay. They need stepping on. They are not supposed to be in here. You have to understand what happened for you on the cross of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus didn't just die for you. He made an exchange with you. He didn't just die so that you could be forgiven. And now what you've done when you become a Christian, you just added a faith or a belief. No, 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 no. He gave you a new identity. He says you are no longer a sinner. The Bible even says you're not even called a sinner saved by grace. That is an oxymoron. You're either a sinner or you're saved by grace. You can't be both. Can fresh water and salt water come out of the same tap? No. You've been given a new identity. You positionally are seated, seating, thank you. I knew that, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew. You're doing that in the heavenlies with Jesus, where he conferred upon you all dominion and authority again because it was given to him and he's sharing it with you. That's why you get to take rulership back. 
That's why you're not under the circumstances. The circumstances are under your feet. If you know the truth about who you are. Because you're bad. You're strong. You're powerful. You are who he says you are. You're redeemed. You're an overcomer. No, no, no. You're more than an overcomer. You're renewed. You have a new identity. Behold, all things are new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone be in Christ Jesus, behold, the old, the past is what? Gone. And the new has come. So why would you put new wine in an old wineskin? Why would God put a new identity or why would he bring forgiveness and bring his spirit and put it inside an old sinner? He would say, I need them to be a new person, so shed the old skin. Shed the old identity. Step out of it. You are a new creation. Why does that matter? Because if I think that I'm just a sinner, I'm going to sin. Because after all, I'm just a sinner. And I'm just doing what sinners do. But thank God, there's forgiveness. Here I am, O Lord. You know, one more time, I've... I've done it again, but there's forgiveness, and I know I'm just an old worm, and I don't live for you the way I should, but thank you for forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't have a place, but how about saying, Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. You've made me to be a new creation. This is no longer a part of me. Now, I fell short of your glory just now because you've put glory inside of me. But in the name of Jesus, I refuse to believe the lie that I am snared, trapped, held in bondage. I will break free. I will live the abundant life. And this right here, this garbage that's trying to hold me down, I'm going to step out of it in the name of Jesus. Well, maybe I didn't just say it like you would say it, but the principle is simply this. You have to get a hold of the fact that you are a new creation. And so as a new identity, you have a new name. There's been an exchange. He took your old thoughts. The old, now, we'll get into this in just a little bit because it's your spirit that has been made brand new. So positionally, this is who we are, and we need to know it. Now, experientially, we're still getting there, aren't we? Experientially, it'd be like if I was saying, you know, I just don't feel like I'm a good American. And so I'm not going to vote because I'm not worthy. And I'm not going to take any of the tax benefits because I'm just, I'm just not worthy to be called an American. But, but, but where were you born? In America. Okay, but you're not an American? I'm just an old wannabe American. <laughs> well, it's just crazy, and you have an embassy that you can appeal to, and you have rights as an American. You've been born into a new kingdom now. You are a citizen of heaven. Whether you feel like it or not has nothing to do with it. That's who you are. You've been born again. You've been reborn. You are a citizen of heaven, and you get the rights in citizenship. You get the rights of citizenship. Is this making sense? Yes. All right. All right. 
has nothing to do with feelings. You became a saint the moment you took Jesus Christ as your Savior. And now you can live as a saint in your daily experience. You're being renewed and you're continuing on. But now you get to appropriate the radical transformation of your core identity and start living as a saint instead of living under the lie that you're just a sinner and Satan can just grab onto that and shame you and beat you down and tempt you and drag you. All right? So you have a new nature, not only just a new identity, but a new nature. And you were, this is what the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, just so you know I'm not making this up. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, where by nature we were children of wrath. Ephesians 5, 8 says you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the light. The seed of our earthly father called the corruptible seed was in us. And the flesh never dies. That's why Romans 6 says we have to reckon it dead. We have to consider it dead. We have to constantly put it down because the flesh doesn't die. But now the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ lives in you and makes you new. So let me read this scripture to you. 2 Peter 1, 4. You are now partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. You are no longer in the flesh. You are in Christ. You had a sinful nature, but now you are a partaker of the divine nature. And you have a new authority. And this is what I want to focus on right now. You have a new authority that was conferred on you. Ephesians 1.20, we see that, and as I said a moment ago, Ephesians 2.6, that we are sitting at the right hand of the Father. We are sitting at the right hand of Jesus. And we have authority. But do you know how often we curse ourselves? Do you know how often we say negative things about ourselves? And you know that with the words of your mouth, you're giving permission and license to the enemy to do exactly what you're saying? You know how often we say we, we speak sickness over ourselves? We speak disease. Well, I know I'm going to get it. We, we speak uh, curses over, well, I'm just, I'm just blind as a bat. Well, everybody in my family gets cancer. It's just a matter of time. We speak that stuff. We look at ourselves and we go, ah, I'm fat. I'm ugly. Women are hard on themselves, aren't they? See, we don't, we're not taking dominion over our identity. We're allowing those words to come out of us. So what you need to do in the morning when you wake up and you go and you look in the mirror, you need to say, good morning, you good-looking thing." And if you have a hard time doing that, you need to write that on your mirror. Good morning, you good-looking thing. I am who he says I am. I am. Now I want to read this to you, and then we're going to take a break. Well, in just a moment. All right. I want to give this to you, and I want you to believe this and get this into your spirit. You are spiritually alive right now. We are going to shed false identity. I want you to take the word of God and the truth of God and I want you to begin to confess it and proclaim it over the negative things that you've been thinking and feeling about yourself. You are God's daughter. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You are no longer a slave, but a daughter. Since you are a daughter, God has also made you an heir. You are co-heirs with Jesus. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Are you living like you're a co-heir with Jesus? Are you living like everything that Jesus did for you is yours? Or are you living like a pauper? You are chosen. In him you were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. You are adopted by God. He adopted you and predestined you to be his daughter. You are God's friend. How many know God's not mad at you? God's not disappointed in you. God's not shaming you. God's not shaking his head at you. God's not doing this. God's not doing this. He's always doing this. Come. We sang it this morning. Come to me. So I want you to say this, and we're going to say this four times. We're going to say, I am God's child. And the first time we're going to put the emphasis on I. The second time we'll put the emphasis on am. Third time, God. And the fourth time, child. Or let's say daughter. So we're going to say, I am God's daughter. Let's say with the emphasis on I. I am God's daughter. I am God's daughter. I am God. I am God's daughter. Amen? Amen. Well, amen. I am God's daughter. What a wonderful truth. And that reality alone sets us free, doesn't it? God's not a human father that would hurt us or harm us or betray us or abuse us. God is a father who loves us and has only our best at his mind and his heart and his intention. God's got a great plan for you, and he's ready to reveal it to you. If you'll just trust him today... All you have to do is say, Jesus, I just surrender the control of my life. I make you Lord, President, Boss, get in the driver's seat, and I will yield to you. It's that simple. God comes into our life, and he directs our path, and he's got great things in store for you. You need to believe that and receive that. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining me today. I hope to hear from you soon. Again, that website, DawnScottDamon.com or freedomgirlsisterhood.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. And ladies, stay free.